0: I invite you to join with me as we begin a new uh, book of the Bible to preach through, and that's the Gospel of John. I was uh, researching my uh, sermon uh, history, and I don't believe I've preached through this book of the Bible. So from um, um, Advent to Easter, we'll be looking as the Lord leads through the Gospel of John. We will not preach every verse uh, here. There's just not enough time. Uh, But um, I pray that you'll read ahead. I pray that you'll just let the Gospel of John begin to become a part of your daily reading. Um, I enjoyed teaching a Bible class this morning for Belinda, and uh, uh, you guys are really into it, I'll tell you. You, you really were. And I ta- shared with them that I preach through a Gospel of the, every year, and I don't have many years left to preach, and so I want to make sure that we hear the Gospel through the Gospels. And uh, the book of John is one that I would recommend. If you know somebody that's a new Christian and they're wanting to get started in the Word of God and you've had people to ask, well, you know, where do I start in Bible reading? Where do I start? Recommend the Gospel of John. Uh, somehow, way, John speaks to you in a unique way. Um, John begins with eternity past, with the coming of the, the Word, being made flesh and dwelling up, um, among us and continues through the ministry of our Lord and continues through the, through the uh, death and resurrection of Christ. Uh, the other Gospels, Matthew and Luke, begin with the predictions of the ancestry of Christ and connects us to Adam and Eve and connects us to David and the coming of our Lord and then the ministry of our Lord and then the resurrection. Mark begins with the ministry of our Lord and uh, how Jesus was ministering the gospel and his uh, temptations in the wilderness and then on to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. What all four gospels hold in common then is this one thing, the death, the burial, resurrection of Christ. And each gospel looks at Christ, looks at Jesus like you would look at a diamond. Uh, When you look at a diamond, you're seeing a facet, of what's of the rest of the dime, but you don't see it all. You only see that one facet. And John has a unique approach to uh, seeing Jesus Christ. And what's unique about this gospel is you will see Jesus on two levels. And you'll see this all the way through the gospel. One level will be uh, what's happening in the story as you read it. But underneath that will be the spiritual truth uh, that uh, John is trying to Uh, get over to us get across to us as we read about the life of our lord today is no exception in chapter one he's going to use two words that are very very uh, important uh, two words that have some meaning to the reader and it's the term word and it's the term light the term word and the term light now the term word was commonly used in new testament times to designate a kind of special knowledge. And uh, some of you have read history of the Bible, and you know about Gnosticism and how that began to arise. And John writes to address this false view of the Word of God, that the Word of God is so mysterious that only a few people can understand it. And John says, oh, no. Oh, no, 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 no. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us that we might truly understand, fully understand, more completely understand who God really is. And then he uses a second word. It's the word light. And that's the word we're going to look at today, Christ being the light of the world. In the beginning was the word. Now that's eternity past. That's farther back than the beginning of creation. That's prior to creation. Christ existed before the world was created. He existed as the Son of God in the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and this Logos, this Word, was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him. Jesus is the agent of God's creation. Through Christ, God created the world. And through Christ, He created you. And you and I are eternally connected to Holy God by the very fact that we are here today. You're no accident. You're no happenstance. <laughs> you might have been a surprise to somebody, but, but you were not an accident. God, in His plan, brought you into existence, and it's through Jesus who, Christ, who created all that there is. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being that has come into being. And when God created the world, He said it was what? Good. didn't say it was perfect. He said it was good. And the term good in the Bible, some of you remember me saying this a few Sundays ago, the term for good in the Bible means for the purposes of God. You were created for the purposes of God. Now think about that. God created you. You're here now with an eternal purpose. You're not a happenstance. And you're going to find meaning in this life as you connect to God's purposes in the world. That's what brings meaning and joy and peace to your life, is connecting with the one who created you, Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Verse 2 says, In him was Zoe. What what, uh, science discipline do we get from that word Zoe? Zoe. Zoology. Zoe, in him was Zoe, in him was life. What kind of life is this? And The life was the light of men. This life that God has created points to our Savior, Jesus Christ. That's your purpose in the world. That's why you're here. You're here to remind the world that God created you and God loves you. God has an eternal plan for your life and God's eternal plan for you is that you would live with Him in His holy heaven forever and forever and forever. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not overcome it or comprehend it. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. Now, John the writer of the Gospel of John is introducing John the Baptist here. Many thought that he was the coming Elijah the coming prophet. And John will be the first to say, I'm not the savior of the world. I'm a lesser light. I'm a lesser light. My purpose for existence is to point you to a greater light. I must decrease. He must what? Increase. There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a martyr, witness. That's where we get the word witness. He came as a witness to testify about the light. John literally gave his head, John literally gave his head to proclaim to the world that Jesus was the light of the world so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light, and that's what we're going to talk about today the true light. There was the true light, which coming into the world enlightens every man. Now remember this idea of Logos and Gnosticism out there that says only a few people can have a special enlightenment and uh, an understanding of God. And if you come and join our cult, which is a lesser light, if you will come and join our cult, uh, you too perhaps may be able to experience God in a special way. Folks, I see that happening today. There are some churches, some religious organizations, some Christian churches that will hold an invitation, and during that invitation, people will come forward praying that the Holy Spirit will anoint them, begging God to reveal himself to them uh, particularly. And the truth of the matter is, all who believe in Christ can experience this light. All who know Jesus have received the light of the world. There was the true light, which coming to the world enlightens every man, every believer. He was in the world, the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him, but as many as received him. To them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Now, John the writer is going to be very very interested in this idea of being born again. And in chapter 3, he's going to expound on that and what that means as Nicodemus visits our Lord. Let's talk today about the light of the world. And there's only two points to this two-hour sermon. And, And the first point goes like this. Jesus is the true light in this dark world. Now, listen carefully. Christ is the true light in this dark world, but there are competing wannabe lights. There are competing wannabes kinds of lights. Some of these lesser lights are lethal. Some of these lesser lights are lethal. We've been reading and watching on TV the war between Israel and Hamas, and you wonder how in the world can anyone grow up and desire to be a suicide bomber? How does that happen? Well, it's very simple. From the time that they were a child in the Gaza area, they went to schools And at schools, instead of having pictures of George Washington and Abraham Lincoln, our heroes on the wall, they had pictures of martyrs. And so every day, these children would learn the Arabic alphabet and hear stories about the Arabic martyrs. They were idealized every day at school. And every child grows up, instead of wanting to be a missionary to bring the light of the gospel to the world, they grow up wanting to be and hoping to be called to be a martyr and a suicide bomber. Because they grow up in poverty. They don't have a job. They don't have means. And they strive for an education, hoping that they can have some kind of provision for their family through a better way of life but they know that if they're ever tasked to be a suicide bomber their parents their grandparents their siblings will all be taken care of for the rest of their life so at some point in growing up there's the desire in this naive child to be a hero to be a martyr, to be a suicide bomber, if ever called upon. These wannabe lights that want to take over the world, that want to destroy the Israeli people, these lesser lights are lethal lights. And they have a firm hold upon children who are naive and easily led astray. The word Hamas means violence. It's a Hebrew word. It's in our Bible. It's in Genesis chapter 6. Genesis 6 says the earth was corrupt in the sight of God and the earth was filled with Hamas. Violence. Violence. And this lethal death culture continues even today. And it desires to run the world. These people are serious. Can we be as serious about the true light? Can we be as dedicated to creating in the image of our children heroes called Lottie Moon? and Annie Armstrong and Hudson Taylor and others that said, I will go to the ends of the earth and even die to bring the light of the good news of the gospel of Christ to a lost and a dying world. These want-to-take-over lights, these want-to-be lights, are not stronger than the light of the world. In fact, as they shine... They bring darkness, but the true light of Christ, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who created the world and existed before there was ever anything created, is the only light that still shines true. And every word about him in this book brings light into the world. And you and I bring this light into the world to our boys and girls through Sunday school, through Vacation Bible School, through other opportunities on Wednesday evening to teach them the gospel that brings light and life to us in our dark world. There are other wannabe lights, and I will just hit this one shortly. I call them the gender benders of our age. They want to recruit persons at young ages to say, you are sexually who you identify as, who you choose to be, not who God created you to be. This lesser light wants to take over our world. This lesser light, this wannabe light, wants to dominate the thinking of our young people it starts there just as hamas starts there and its goal is violence these are the most confused the most confused people in the world looking for hope looking for identity looking for belonging And we have the answer. We have the light. We have the truth. And we need to speak the truth. And let the truth stand for itself. We don't need to pass laws that proclaim the truth. We need to just tell the truth. Live the truth. And reflect Christ in our culture. Another wannabe light is this thing going around in your head that I've spoken about the last couple of Sundays, and several of you have said, would you talk a little more about that? And I call it the inner critic. It was the self-destructive language you heard when you were a child. The self-destructive language that said, you're ugly, nobody's going to like you, you're stupid, nobody likes you, nobody cares what you think or what you have to say, you're to be seen and not heard. You won't have any friends in life. You don't deserve the job you've got. <clears throat> you're an imposter. You're a, cry- you're a coward. You're despicable. You're worthless. Be careful or you'll get hurt. You should try harder. Maybe someday you'll arrive. And it spills into our relationships with other people. We enter relationships either um, shrunk or because we feel intimidated by the world, or we enter into a relationship overconfident and we overfunction in the world trying to bowl in other people's lanes. It's the inner critic that's a wannabe light. And Jesus speaks to us and says, you are more valuable than the sparrow that flies around you. And God knows you better than you know yourself. And he is closer to you than you are to yourself. And he loves you. And he wants you to know the true light of life. You ever met or have you ever been around people that were so skeptic? They felt like, you know, it just spread. This kind of skepticism, cynicism, sarcasm. You ever been around those kind of folk? You ever been around somebody that was sarcastic all the time? One thing you need to know about that person, they are very angry. They are very angry. And after a while, it, it kind of bleeds onto you. And you kind of get like that. There's a story told about a pastor who was preaching in the free church in Scotland. His name is Alexander White. And he was always positive, always enthusiastic and always positive. Here in the winter season now, the clouds are coming in, the rains uh, coming in and he's going to get up and he's going to pray and some of the parishioners are saying you know how can he be positive on a day that's disastrous like today cold rainy muggy outside it's cold inside here uh, How can he say how can he say anything in this prayer that's positive positive?" and here's how pastor white prayed we thank thee i can't speak irish but if you could imagine what that would be like i thank thee O oh god that it will not always be like this. (laughs) Now, that is optimism. And that's light in a dark world. I used to say in the air guard, uh, I'd come around folks in the work area, and you'd hear a lot of sarcasm, and you'd hear a lot of complaining, and I'd say, you know my favorite verse in the Bible? And they'd say, what's that? And I would say, my favorite verse in the Bible is, And it came to pass. It came to pass. It won't always be like this. Jesus faced those obstacles to the light that you and I face. And the way he faced them was being faithful to the Father. He just was Jesus. He didn't try to be John the Baptist. He didn't try to imitate Elijah. He didn't try to imitate Elisha. Some of them thought that he might have been Elisha or Elijah come back alive. But Jesus was just Jesus. And he was comfortable in his own skin, knowing that he belonged to the Father. And he had a relationship with the Father that was like a conversation that never ended. And he faced those same three temptations that you and I face. Yeah, there's one coming right there. At least it's not a crop duster (laughs) this time (laughs) One of the temptations he faced is, I am what I do. Satan tempted Jesus to say, turn this, bread into, uh, turn this stone into bread. And if you do that, you'll prove to the world uh, who you really are. And the temptation that he faced was that I am what I do. It's a temptation to performance. And Jesus didn't get into that. Because he knew who he was. He was the Christ. He was the Messiah. He was the Son of God. He was the true light. He didn't have to perform in order to proclaim who he was. The second temptation of of our Lord is, I am what I have. Do this, and Satan said, I will give you all the possessions of the world. And Jesus said, I don't need stuff to define me. In fact, he told the disciples, the Son of man hath not a place to lay his head. Foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of man hath not a place to lay his head. And so Jesus is saying, I am who I am because I am the Son of God. And I don't have to have stuff to define me. In the third temptation, he was tempted for popularity. And he said no to the temptation of, I am what others think of me. I am what others think. Jesus said, who I am is not determined by what other people think of me. I am the Son of God. In fact, it is in the Gospel of John that Jesus says, I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection and the life. I am, I am i am there are seven of those i am's that jesus gave there so jesus is this true light and that's the second point of our message and we close with this he is this life giving light in a moment we're going to partake in the lord's supper and when you do that you are renewing your covenant relationship with the living god This is a huge moment of worship. And it should be a reminder that we belong to the living God, and we are a reflection of His light in the world. We're not the light, but we reflect the light. And wherever we go, our testimony punches holes in the darkness. In the old days in New England, when the lamp lighters went down lighting the lamps the gas lamps on the uh, streets of new england a little boy would be watching snow would be on the ground and as the lamplighter took the top of the lamp off lit it with his stick and put the lamp back on top a little boy watching that would say to his dad and mom look the lamplighter he is punching holes in the darkness And that's what we do. We punch holes in the darkness when we give to the Light of Moon Christmas offering. We punch holes to the darkness when we share generously with others who have less. We punch holes in the darkness when we share our testimony. We have a gospel conversation with someone this Christmas season. And I pray that you will make a covenant with the Lord as you take the Lord's Supper today that you will say, Lord, give me one opportunity to share my testimony this Christmas. Help me be a reflection of your light in this lost world. We'll have our invitation first, and after we have our invitation, we'll receive the Lord's Supper. Those of you who are watching want to join with us in the Lord's Supper, if you will, just grab a juice of uh, water or, or grape juice or whatever you can find around the house and a small piece of bread and be ready to join us in the Lord's Supper today. Let's stand together. Let's sing our hymn of response. If you're here and want to give your life to Christ today, you come, want to pray that prayer with you, that you give your life to the Lord. If you want to unite with our church, my sister church, we receive you as well. So you, you come on while we sing. Father, bless our invitation today. May we be faithful to obey you in all that you call us to do. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the Sunday morning worship service of the Ekron Baptist Church. You too can accept the eternal life offered by Jesus Christ. First, admit that you are a sinner. Then believe that Jesus Christ can forgive you of your sins and ask Him to come into your heart and change your life. Then confess your faith in Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. If you've made this decision today, write to us at the Ekron Baptist Church, 2775 Hayesville Road, Ekron, Kentucky, 40117. If you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing family with programs and Bible studies for all ages. Join us next Sunday at 11 a.m. for morning worship from the Ekron Baptist Church. Until that time, may God bless.